0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dirt Talk a podcast, where we talk about dirt. This is episode sixty-seven. I'm the host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. And today, I am a, a youthful person in this world. I'm 26, but we have an even more youthful person. We have Mister Bridger Snow of Bridger or, uh, of Snow Excavating and Grading, or Snow Excavation. I should probably look up the company names of the people I have on the podcast before I do these intros, but that's him. Uh, Bridger Snow, if you don't follow him on Instagram, definitely look him up because he is a, he's just, he's he's 20 years old, busting his ass, building a company, and he's just a hoot to follow. So I really, I've, I've really enjoyed following along, met him a few times, super good guy, absolute class act. And we get into the trials and tribulations of running a business when you are 20 years old in the world of construction. So with that, let's get to it. Have fun. So, like, I get this a lot, like, wow, good for you. Like, you're so young doing your thing. And then I look at somebody like you, and it's like, well, shit, like, man, I when I was 20, I wasn't I wasn't doing anything. And Bridger's over there. He has skid steers, and he's running jobs, and just living the life.
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's I don't know. A lot of people say, well, how would it be? And I'm not sure how would it be. I don't know. It's not. It's just a different way of life. I mean, most twenty-year-olds are in college and broke, and now I'm just trying to run a dirt moving company and broke. So take your pick.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. There's not much money in in either endeavor, really. No, there's yeah. not. Yeah, I, I no know. No matter what
1: somebody tells you,
0: I know the broke life. I
1: know it well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see a lot of money, but you don't catch any of it, really.
0: No. Oh no. 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 Yeah, we see a lot, and it, and you just see it. You it comes right in, and then it just it just disappears somehow. Yep, and, and that's,
1: that's the name of the game is trying to catch it. And,
0: uh, yeah. Well, I am I am garbage at catching it. I'm still trying to figure that out. Maybe in a few years I'll figure it out. But right now I oof, I'm I'm not very good at it.
1: I'm I'm not the greatest at it, either, but I guess that's that's why I'm in business is trying to figure out how to catch it. And that's that's the name of the game, really.
0: You got to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. You can you can have a law fly by you, but if you're not catching the money then, then there's no sense in really being being in business. So, so one how, day I'll get it figured out.
0: How old are you when you started officially?
1: Um, so I got legal as soon as I could and got licensed and insured and I turned eighteen. So about two months after I turned eighteen I got all licensed and insured. It would have been like January or February of twenty it would have been twenty nineteen when I got licensed and insured. Um just I don't know. There were lots of guys in town that I was doing projects way bigger than I should have without licensing insurance, but I couldn't get licensing insurance because I was 17 years old and it was starting to piss a lot of guys off. So I I got licensed and insured as soon as I could because I I was afraid somebody's going to turn me in, which rightfully so. I was doing tons of big work, not big work, but big for a high school kid.
0: I was going to ask if you were doing work uninsured, but yeah, of course you were.
1: Yeah. There was no, there was no option really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. When I turned 18, I got licensed and insured and dove in head first.
0: That's the funny thing with growing though, is you start to grow and what you used to be able to get away with doesn't really work anymore. And, oh, and yeah. unfortunately you have to start becoming more and more legitimate. And it's just, it's kind of bittersweet. Cause it's like, wow, this is exciting. I'm growing. But also it's like, man, I have to, I have to, I actually have to deal with a lot more bullshit than I used to. And this is kind of not fun.
1: Oh yeah. It's crazy. You know, like you, you look back and it's like crap. When I was in like, junior high school, I was just, it, it was literally a couple of me and my buddies and we would go and do a lot of work, you know? And I don't know. I had a talk with a business owner here in town and he owns a national power line services contract. He's a national power line services contractor. And, he pulled me aside and he's like, you got potential, but you got to like, you got to get legitimate, you know, and like figure it out. And he was very kind to take me under his wing and kind of like, tell me like, there's a billion, billion landscapers here in town, billion contractors. But if you want to set yourself apart, you know, you got to get legitimate and have a safety meeting every morning and have, you know, make sure your guys are taken care of. Cause you know, it's all cool. And all these guys have went 30 years without an accident or something. But the second you do, the red tape's all over your forehead, you know? Yeah. But,
0: yeah, it's a different, I mean, especially being the guy too and having your your name on everything, it's just a different weight you carry around, especially in, in earth moving, construction, anything where people are potentially in harm's way every day. It's just, it's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders.
1: Exactly. And, you know, it's, at the beginning, you know, they're all my friends. So they're nothing more than I want them to go home every night. You know, now, now I work with my guys and, some of them are still my friends, and I would consider every one of them a friend, you know, outside of work, but at work, I'm their boss, but even then, you still, there's nothing you want more than them to come home and come back, hopefully the next day, you know? But
0: And employing your friends, how does that, how does that work? It's, is it,
1: uh, is it a struggle to get people to
0: get shit done when you're also buddies with them, hanging out with them on, on Saturday?
1: I don't know. My friends are a different type of breed, I guess, if you want to be a friend with me, because I don't know. Having fun on Saturday consists of working usually, and I, I don't know. I didn't really hang out a lot in high school, quote-unquote, hang out with them.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, just because I I had more responsibility to take care of, such as, you know, paying for equipment and trucks, and, you know, it was always my dream is to run a dirt-moving company, so I don't know. It worked out pretty good. I kind of try to steer clear from it now, now that we're trying to get more, you know, formal, and we are more formal. I don't know, it's just better to steer clear and, you know, you want them to choose their own path in life. You don't, you know, you want to get somebody that naturally wants to do this line of work. So, I know, it's worked out good for me. I got one buddy that still comes back every summer after college, but, yeah, other than that, they've all kind of went their own ways and chose their own career path. A lot of it, most of it's blue collar, but they all have different, different trades they wanted to be in, and that's fine by me. So, yeah, it's worked out good to get me going, but, like all things good things come to an end sometimes you know so
0: i get that when did you when did you buy your first tractor technically
1: uh so i don't know i had a i had a john deere tractor is what i started out with and that was when i was like 11 and it was just a baby tractor it was like a 32 horse john deere and had a backhoe on it but i bought my first 259 in like february of 2019
0: okay so a few years so were you were you, you were 18 when you bought the 259
1: Yep. So i i turned I turned eighteen in November of 2018, and then I, in February I decided I'd better buy a skid steer. You know, it's like I'm gonna be working all summer long. There's no sense pissing it away at a rental company. So,
0: how did you did you have trouble buying it so young?
1: <laughs> um, I sold I sold my John Deere tractor to buy it, and when I was it would have been when I was 17, I called Weaver Machinery, you know, and talked to the salesman, which I. I knew of because he was always around town, you know? Yeah. And I called him and okay. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a call back and I'll get you something found. And that was when I was like 17 and he called me back. And he's like, we can't do nothing with you until you're 18, you know, which of course, um, pretty, pretty hard to sign a contract with the 17 year old and try to hold it up to him in court, you know, like yeah. this yeah. kid owes us money. But, uh, so when I turned 18, I called again and they're like, okay, so, I wrote them a list of like 20 or 25 jobs I had lined up already for it. And they gave me, they gave me a loan on it through for, for cat financial. And I don't know how my interest rate was, there is sky high, which is fine. Rightfully so. But
0: yes, that's probably been one of my biggest struggles as a young person trying to be in business is that you can't really get like your credit is so thin because even if you ha- have credit, <clears throat> there's just not enough years on it. And no one is exactly. willing, n- no one's willing to do business on it. It-, it. it's like, okay, so you're young, you have no house. you like, at least for me, I have no assets really. We don't want to loan you any money because there's no collateral. And then the business isn't three years old. And so we don't really care about the business either. It's like, well, okay, so how exactly. the hell do I do this? Like I, you-, you want me to grow my business, but you won't give me anything to grow it. So how, how do I, how do I make this work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your business, your business is basically non-existent in anybody's eyes until it's been in business for two or three years and your credit's non-existent because it hasn't started building. You haven't built nothing with it because you paid cash for everything or you don't have bought anything, you know? And so I don't know. A lot of it's been boiled down to personal relationships and, you know, and making it work that way. But I don't know. After that, I was going to wait until I a hundred percent paid my skid tier off to buy another machine which would have been like three years, you know, but then I realized I'm like, there's no way, like I've got too much work to keep writing a mini X. So two months later I bought a mini and yeah, I had to have my father start on that with me cause there was no way they were going to, they were going to give a kid two machines, you know, but it yeah. never bought anything in his life. But
0: it's, I've, uh, yeah, I've been through that and it's, it's an adventure to say the least. Um, why start so young? Like what, what was the motivation there? Why?
1: Why? Um, the biggest thing, honestly, is I I love, I love this industry, but nobody's going to hire a 15 or 14 year old kid to go work for them, you know, and run equipment and you're even being a ditch at that age, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. And my dad worked for a, a, small town contractor here and he does all the basements here in town and he told me once I turned eighteen I could come work for him, you know. But I already had a tractor and my dad had the remnants of his old business. Uh but he'd kind of sold some of it off and still had the remnants for the farm and stuff. And I'm like, heck, there's no reason that I couldn't just do small stuff. And, you know, the neighbors would always call me to do small stuff on my tractor and stuff, clean ditches and, you know, put in Hydrants for troughs and stuff for livestock, but you know I'm like, why? Why not just go for it? And then my buddies are like, well, we want to come help you, so they'd come help me. And then got to the point where I was asking them to come work for me, and I don't know, just kind of kind of took off from there. So it's that easy, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Just too young to work anywhere else, so I guess you have to work for yourself. Because what's the state going to do? Come after you? Because you're too young and you want to start a business. I don't know. I, well, that's <laughs> why it was just. The only option, really.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I couldn't get into construction until I was 18 because I had no f- family or friends or anything in it that would hire me yeah. before I could legally do it. So I had to yeah. wait until I was legal age to actually, like, I guess with construction, because because of the hazardous nature of the industry, legal age is not 16, it's 18.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, and so I had to wait. Yeah, and that was the same thing for me. and I And I didn't want to wait, you know. I grew up working my butt off, and I didn't want to stop just because, you know, I don't know. My grandfather was a general contractor, and he was a general contractor, so that helped, and he built custom homes and stuff. So he always had projects he needed done, and so I was, you know, just out of necessity, really, just trying to, you know, he needed something done, and he might as well have my grandson do it. So I, I it was tough to get work, you know because everybody thought you were so young, but then I started doing work, and they realized, like, wow, this kid actually does, like, good quality, good-looking work. And that was the only way to, you know, to make it in a small town where you have lots of competition, and there's, you know, lots of guys in town that do their work. And, you know, they look at you like, wow, you're a young kid, but it finally came out to be that they were calling me to, help out, you know, and do small stuff and just gotta do quality work and that was really what drove it home. So
0: So as far as hard work's concerned, that was just how you were raised. You've never known you've never known anything else,
1: really? <laughs> well yeah, my, I don't know. My dad's my dad's always kinda of been, you know, if you want something, go get it yourself or do it yourself or build it yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of the example we set, you know. My grandfather's both there. One's a cow rancher and one's one's a general contractor and so that was just kind of the way I grew up I grew up in my grandfather's back pocket you know framing houses and you know was, you look back now and more or less it was just going to lunch with grandpa every day and hanging out on a job is what it felt like but really you were working your butt off but heck it was fun at that age but I was 12 years old you know
0: that is the funny thing about working when you're young is it's a lot more yeah. fun
2: when you're young
1: oh yeah you don't realize you don't realize that you're actually doing something but you know it just seems like you got to go with, to lunch with grandpa every day. And yeah. I don't know. It, I grew up, I feel like a little faster than most kids just because, I don't know, I just liked to work. And I kind of took advantage of it and ran with it. And I guess here we are now. I've created a monster that I can't stop now. So,
0: Then, yeah, you start to, re- like, especially as the business grows, like, if it's just you and a skid steer, it's a lot easier to maintain it because all right i just need to go get enough jobs to make the payments to feed myself to put diesel on this thing but otherwise there's not a ton of risk here and then when you start employing other people bringing more machines on taking more work then it just become it, you just get into a cycle where you you can't you can't stop it and if you stop it it dies especially when the business is growing really quickly which is where i think you're at
1: Exactly. And you stop, it normally dies, it eats itself. (laughs) It's not quite literally, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's crazy back in the day. I mean, I was in high school and I, I thought I was living high, you know, I had, I was renting equipment and I had one guy, two guys working for me and heck everything under the table. Couldn't beat that. And no, no overhead costs really, And you know, but now it's like a cash, Cash flow hungry monster, you know that every month it's like holy cow, you know payroll and materials are through the roof, and you know making sure that you're bidding these hundred thousand dollar jobs with enough money in them to keep it going next month, you know. And a lot of people talk about like having a six months savings for payroll, you know, in business. You take any business management stuff, and they say, oh, you want six months savings for overhead and payroll. It's like six months savings is like. That's not, that's not possible right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, I've not met a single small business owner with a growing business that lives by any of those rules.
1: Exactly. It's not possible to grow a business and keep those rules.
0: No, no. And like, and just from a practical business standpoint, just having that much cash there, especially when you're growing, it's like, shit. Like why would I, why would I have that much money sitting there? I could go put that to work. Because we're growing so fast, and it's doing me much, much more good within the business than just sitting in a savings account, creating no value whatsoever.
1: Exactly, creating point zero zero two percent or whatever it creates, you know, yeah. nothing. Yeah,
0: super generous interest
1: rate. I, exactly,
0: I get that. So, do, so you're twenty now. How many how many guys do you have right now working?
1: Uh, right now, there's there's four guys, and I've got another one coming this week, so there'll be six of us all together. But Shit. So I' got four employees right now, and I don't know it works out pretty good, and can't complain. I've got good guys. When I started out I started out with my buddies that have zero experience, but um my little brother works for me, and you know he's he's pretty sharp when it comes to this stuff. he's been around to this whole life too, and so he's kind of the point where he can do whatever he needs, and I send him out and running his own crew with another guy, and they do kind of our smaller projects, you know keeping the townsfolk happy you know we try try to keep them you know those are the guys are the people that keep me in business when this all comes crashing down here in a couple months or a year or 10 years who knows when um they got me started so we'll kind of keep them keep them happy and try to keep our name out there in local local town folk standpoint i guess so he does all of our driveways and small water lines and stuff and water line repair and he works with us on our bigger projects we're working on when, when we're not doing stuff for the pounds folks. So
0: was, was going to sc- continuing school ever, ever a thought of yours going to college or was that just off the table?
1: No. Um, I don't know. My parents, my dad was, a, went to school to be a diesel mechanic and I look at how much he's used that. Honestly, he's used it. Not, not at all really. And that's, that's trade school. That's the most applicable, I would say. So I don't know It crossed my line to go to some business management, but I started my high school or business in high school. And I'm like, you know what? I want to know what, by the time I'm 19, 20, I'll probably have learned everything the hard way by then anyway. So I threw that kind of right out the window and I have learned everything the hard way. So, (laughs) um, I don't know. It's been tough to learn a lot of that and the business end of things. Um, but I don't know. It's, just kind of hire, I'm going to start hiring the people that actually know how to do it instead of try to wing it on my own. Yeah, It's tough sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, and that's like, as far as contractors, I, I've, I've talked this uh, about this all the time, that, like the most successful companies I've seen are, you need to marry someone with the expertise of building stuff with someone with the expertise of actually operating a company and understanding like how cash works. Because if you have the guy that's really good at building stuff, managing the entire company. Like they're they're just it becomes problematic because it's two different skill sets. It's it's possible. I've seen some very big companies with the guy who got started with a backhoe doing everything, but there still are pretty significant problems that I've seen arise because of that because it's just it's just a different skill set, and especially as your business becomes bigger, it's like you have five or six guys now but you you know you go to 30 40 50 and it just becomes a totally different monster
1: exactly and you look at it like the just you know the paperwork behind five or six guys doesn't sound like a lot but i mean most of it's it's not the hr side of it's the easy thing you know it's turning you know trying to turn 1.2 million through a company in a year you know and Doing your taxes on TurboTax. I mean, last year I did it that way, and it's not gonna have. It's not gonna happen that that way this year. You know, it can't. You know, yeah. you slip up, and you and you lose more money than you made all year. Yep. But yeah, um, yeah. have yeah, kind of been my, and that's hard for me, you know, because I looked at my dad, and back in the day, he ran his own thing, and my mom and my dad took care of all the books, but he never had any employees. He was a skid steering a mini, and you know, and that's just the way he did it. But I look at it from a business owner standpoint and I'm not good at taxes or accounting. So why am I trying to do it? Which I still do it because I can't get past the point of paying somebody to do it every month. But I'm to the point now where it's like, okay, I can either effectively manage a business on the dirt moving side or I can spend all day in the office trying to figure this out, which I'm probably never going to figure out. So take your pick. So
0: that's like, that's probably my, some of my top advice is to just get rid of the books for a business as fast as possible. Like I think, I think we were like four or five months into business when we hired a bookkeeper to start keeping track of everything. Still to this day, best money I spend. Now we're getting to the point where we're gonna have to bring it in house because we're just we're just there's just too much to handle now from an external standpoint. We need someone just with their eye on the ball, nonstop, full time. But it is such. It's just nice to know that the money and everything's taken care of. So you can just do what you're good at, which is building shit or, you know, where I'm at is creating relationships. And it's just, it's, uh, without a doubt, one of the best things I've ever
1: done. Yeah, I agree. That's where I've got to get to. Um, I got an office now, so I, I tried, tried a bookkeeper and she worked for another contractor that we worked for. And I don't know, they, they do things a lot different than I see. They should be done in an office standpoint, you know? I look at everything from a production standpoint and I don't know, it's tough to look at that, you know, and see things not productive. So that's where it's like, okay, maybe just outsource it all. not even try to do any of it in house. And that's probably where it's going to be during the next month or two. So,
0: What uh, do you ever look at people your age and and just kind of like, like, what, what am I doing? Like what, what am I doing?
1: I don't know, me and my buddy were talking about this last night. We were up in the shop just BSing and then it's like, you know, people ask me, it's like, do you look at somebody and maybe like, I wish I was in their shoes? Not really, you know. But take your pick. You can be either hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt to a college that you're not gonna get nothing out of. Maybe you will. I'm not saying you won't, but chances are you know you're not gonna it's not gonna pay for itself as fast as a skid steering a mini. I mean, those things are weapons when it comes to turn or you know, rate of return, you know, yeah. it's, you know, a bigger machine, I st- you still make good profit on it. But heck, those two, the mini and this kid still pay for themselves way faster than any other machine, it feels like to me, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it pays for itself a heck of a lot faster than college. I agree. But, yeah. I don't know. It's Take your pick. You want to be in debt on what side of things you can either be in debt trying to build a company or be in debt trying to go to college so take your pick
0: what uh what do you want to do with the company i mean do you want to keep growing it
1: yeah um i don't know i look at keywit and i think that's probably the coolest the coolest company ever built um i ames my father worked for ames for for quite a few years and i don't know i just look at the things they do and you know it's not just the the things they build, but you look at the the, pe- the the sheer amount of people they employ, and you know you look at Peter the start of this company, building ditches in I believe it was Nebraska, and he's employed what, it's probably twenty two thousand guys now I think is the last I checked twenty thousand yeah. guys
0: yeah, that's about yeah that sounds about right
1: you figure those guys got three kids a piece, two kids apiece, and a wife i mean that's that's eighty thousand people that he's putting food on their table every week. Yeah, and that's cool to me, you know. And I don't know. I I think that's pretty pretty cool in itself. So I would like to be a national contractor, and a lot of people laugh at you and say, "Oh, kid, good luck," you know. Which, yeah, you look at Kiwit, and he's worked his butt off, and that's it's insane, but it's definitely doable. I mean, you look at a national contractor, and they, I don't know, they all started at the same spot I did. So, what what's stopping me?
0: And that's the, that's the cool thing. That's one of the really cool things about the dirt world is that people are rewarded based on sheer work ethic and there's no one major company that really dominates the marketplace. So it leaves a lot of opportunity for people. And I've seen people like, uh, you know, Mike Reed, for example, build enormous companies in a lifetime. Like, you know, Kiwit is is many generations now. And got it started in the exactly. 1800s, so they've they've been at it for a little bit now. But there's there's some massive contractors out there, like Ames. You know, they're exactly. old, but Dick Ames, like, I, I, we work Dick, with Larry Ames now. And,
1: you know, like he, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was he was at it his entire life. Yeah, you know, Dick and, and Butch and you know all those guys there. But you know, they're get it done type of guys that you know all they had was a vision and. They created a monster, I'm sure, just the same same I did and they just never stopped feeding it.
0: I know. Yeah, just in one generation. you created a multi billion dollar enterprise. And and you know, you're employing that many people and that's not even to say all like look at how many look at how many checks you write to other businesses right now. And look at the infrastructure, like a company like Ames is, is, is putting it like just how many tens of millions of people every single day are impacted by the infrastructure they've created. Like DIA, you know, they move the, they move all the dirt for Denver International Airport. How many people are there just every single day? It's, it's, the impact is just insane.
1: Exactly. And you look at, I mean, you look at the the gravel suppliers, you know, the, the pipe, the pipe companies, you know, that I support or gravel pits that I support here locally. And it's like, if I could magnify that by 100 times, you know, or a thousand times at 6,000 people, I mean, a 2,000 employee business is huge, you know? Yeah. And that, and I'd like, I ten's kind of my goal, you know, 10,000 employees, but you think about it and it's like, it sounds, it sounds so unrealistic, but I look back and it's like, okay, two years ago, I never thought I would have been right now doing what I'm doing, you know, we're doing road work and civil work and it's crazy.
0: But I I get it. That's probably the most fulfilling part about all this for me is, I mean, we're over part-time, full-time, we're over 50 people now. And just to be able to support that many people and their families is extremely humbling and fulfilling way cooler than recognition, money, whatever. It's just, like that's why i want to grow so fast cuz i want to to i really want to change the way the industry does business and to do that we need a large organization we're not going to do that just being this you know few million dollar a year company and then that gives me the opportunity to go hire and support as many people as possible and generate super significant wealth within as many families as possible it's just that to me is so so exciting and people Like, I don't know if you've, you've probably run into this all the time. There's a lot of business owners out there that are, they're so negative about expenses and payroll and this and that. But I've reframed it as like, every time I see the payroll going up, which seems like it's weekly right now, it's, it it gets me excited because it's like, man, that's more, more money that's going to more families because of what we're doing. And it's super, super fulfilling.
1: Exactly. And you think about it and I look at, I was talking, talking to another guy about this the other day. You know, when I was just me and one other guy, it was fun, you know, actually doing the work was fun. And I'm still in the trench. I mean, I, most of my guys operate and I'm literally the laborer, which I'm fine with. And I've got one other laborer. And when I go to the office, you know, he can handle it. But, you know, I look at that and it's like, yeah, it was way more fun when I got to be sitting a piece of iron all day, you know. But you look at it now and it's like, now you're, now you're actually supporting People are not supporting them, you know, giving them a better way of life. So they're not working for some, some company that's long since forgot about their people, which everybody brags about how they take care of the people, but the proof's in the pudding, you know,
0: it's rare. It's, it's actually the, the companies actually take care of their people are, are pretty, pretty rare in my opinion.
1: Very rare. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, if, if your payroll's honestly not, not stinging a little bit, I feel like you know, then you're not taking care of your people. You know, if you can send your payroll out and think, Oh, that was easy. You know, I, you're not, if you're looking at it and being like, okay, if you're really boiling, breaking down your job costing and looking at what you bid the job at and what you're actually paying your guys versus what you actually put in the job for labor. If it's not even close and you're just raking it all in, that, that doesn't sit right with me in my mind, but I know we have some of the highest paying jobs in the County. So,
0: I and and we that's what construction I think needs to do a better job of is just pay better and and focus on what what they pay. Like I feel like a lot of companies are focused on what the next guy pays and how little they can get away with as far as an hourly rates concerned. And it's just a it's a very negative mentality and somewhat of a race to the bottom. And then they all bitch about well they just go for, you know, they'll change jobs for a dollar raise and it's like yeah, no shit. I, I I don't know why, like, how don't you understand that is, is it's just always really confused me because it's like, well, yeah, they, they, they left for that dollar raise because they weren't getting really what they were valued at your business. And it's not always the case like that, but it's a lot. It's on the business to make sure those people are not leaving for that dollar raise.
1: Exactly. And if they were comfortable, you know, if they were comfortably living, There'd be no, there'd be no chance that they're going to leave for a dollar, you know, if they're, if they're already getting paid well and getting paid what they're worth. And frankly, with inflation, you know, it's, it's tough to make it in this, in this day and age, you know, as a, a, lot of these guys that I'm hiring are young guys and they're wanting to get married and start families. And, you know, it's not possible if you're working for $10 an hour, even $15 an hour where we're living is it's, you can't do it. Yeah. Um, we're in a kind of a ski ski area and it's the cost of living's high, you know, it's crazy. But
0: Well, going to people and working, what like how do you feel when people say young people don't work?
1: When when they don't work out, you know, like as an employee or when they don't work as in they just don't work. They don't want to work.
0: Young people don't want to work hard.
1: Uh most of my guys I've had pretty good luck with. Um there's quite a few people that, you know, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to watch when people don't want to work because I was raised with that mentality that if you don't work, then you're pretty much worthless, which I would agree with, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a way of life, you know, work your butt off and make a good, honest, honest wage. And that's, I don't know, it's tough to see people that have zero ambition because you want somebody to succeed so hard, but, or so go so far, but you can't, you can't push somebody that doesn't want to go anywhere. So I don't know, it's tough. And I've been lucky to find some pretty good help in that sense of things, but...
0: If you want to, I mean, if you want to go create a massive company with thousands of people and the industry's number one problem is finding people, are you nervous about finding people?
1: Oh yeah, I talk talk about it all the time with uh, other guys, you know, that are in, in business and larger companies. And it all boils down to is, it's, at the end of the day, there's going to always be a union company that's going to pay more than me, guaranteed. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah. You know, and one of the only guys in town that pays more than me is probably a union guy, and I work for him. You know, as a subcontractor, and I don't know. It's tough, but the the way you treat your guys is all going to come out in the end. You know, it's all going to come out in the wash on who treats their guys best. they'll be the only one with employees soon.
0: And I agree with that. And it's it's super interesting too. Like money is a good motivator, but it 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 has its limitations and we've been talking with a lot of people that are highly compensated and have very large job titles and responsibilities and yet they aren't all that fulfilled still. And they're still yearning for a better opportunity. And it's it's just really interesting if you focus instead on you know, you want to compensate people well. You want to make sure their cost of living is taken care of and they're not worried about making their their mortgage. But if you just give them purpose and really care for them and their families, they're, they're not going anywhere. And they will do so much more than if they were just at a job to just be at the
1: job. Exactly. And it boils down to, you know, I try to be, Open and up front with my guys, you know we're still a small business, and we still got plenty of issues, so I try to be open and upfront, and a lot of that's with equipment, you know and with in some cases finances you know i I let them know like this is how we're looking on this job, you know this is what this is what our percentage is, you know, and, you know and that's that's what's fair to me you know they're working they're working they're putting in the work i'm just I'm trying to do the back end work you know, and they deserve to know where we're at probability-wise on a job and stuff like that, which you don't ever hear of or see, I feel like, in, in the dirt in the dirt industry. No. Um, but I don't know. I think that going forward, people want to see what's really going on. And if they look at it, you know, a lot of guys go out on their own because they think, oh, my boss is getting rich. If I can be transparent with my guys and, you know, show them that I'm not getting rich, here's what our books are looking like, other books, I don't open up my books wide open, but you know, I can tell them like, here's where we're at, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's the way going forward is just trying to be open with your guys and, you know, just showing them where you're at. And so they, they understand, you know, what it's looking like going forward. So,
0: well, it builds trust one, but, but also it gives them just a reference point. Uh, and, and, exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's really, it's that's one of the biggest things that's confused me in this industry and how, how um, secretive everybody is financially. Because it's like, okay, so if you're charging to lay pipe, the line items on the bid are laborers, operators, equipment, materials. If you're not giving the guys that are actually doing the work the information on how it was bid, how the job is performing, where we need to go, how the hell... Do you expect them to build it successfully? It it doesn't. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm just an idiot and just don't get it. But to me, it makes no sense. Why? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't I give my people the financial information? We give. I mean, I pr- I'm practicing what I like. On Friday, we just had a financial call with our whole company. Here's exactly what we made this year so far. Here's exactly what we've spent this year so far. Here's what our balance sheet's looking like. Here's where our cash position's at. Here's our goals, and here's their, here's why there are goals. And, and without any of that information, how am I going to expect someone to perform as I want them to? And as an owner, you know, with with the company's best interests in mind from a financial perspective, if they don't even know where we stand financially,
1: exactly. That's the thing. Is my guys. I about guarantee, you know, there's a lot of the newer guys, you know, I wait, I wait for a minute to disclose that type of information, you know, but I don't know, I'm kind of skeptical on, on people going, starting out, which is fine, I think, but you know, once, once you can prove to me that you have a vested interest in my company, you know, and you want to see me succeed and I want to see you succeed, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. I'll, I'll, I'll disclose most about guarantee probably two out of my four guys or three out of my four guys know the price per foot of of the, of the main line we're doing right now. Yeah. And and they know what the costs are and they, and they know on the days that we do make money and they know on the days when we lose our butts and that's, and that's fine with me, you know, and that's going forward. People want to know how things are going, you know, and I don't know, it it drives work ethic and it drives a sense of responsibility in, in the back of their minds, you know, that, okay, Bridger's really not getting rich. We're really losing our butts on this job, you know, and stuff like that. But if you don't disclose that, there's no no responsibility taken whatsoever, personal responsibility for, for safety or production or broken equipment or anything.
0: Yeah, equipment, it's low-hanging fruit because a lot of owners, they get very frustrated about people abusing equipment. And it's like they don't understand how much this stuff costs. And so I get why the owner's frustrated because equipment is very expensive. And the the but the, the the disconnect is, well, your people don't really know how expensive it is. So yeah, they should care for it. But if they understood how much it costed the company and why like what the benefits are of really caring for the business because ultimately it makes them better off and the company better off, I feel like the whole caring for equipment thing would not be as much of an issue.
1: Yeah, Exactly. And you think about you think about a hundred thousand dollar job that with a with an eleven to fifteen percent profit margin fifteen thousand bucks you know and if I'm going to reinvest thirteen thousand of that into equipment, but we we did five thousand dollars worth of damage that month you know it it starts whittling away at your profit really quick, yeah. and you know you've only laid seventy feet of pipe today but but we broke every piece of equipment we own either for lack of communication or anything in that case, you know, it's, you know, it's tough. I mean, we try to have talks about that, you know, and I wouldn't say we're as formal yet as we should be going forward. We're, we're getting there, you know, we don't have a safety meeting every day, but we, we talk every day before, before we start about things that are going to happen. You know, we don't fill out JSAs all the time. We try to do a JSA every every month or so, you know, just to make sure guys are, but we're still small, very small, relatively speaking, you know, I'd like the guys to at least try to think ahead and think about what costs are physically, mentally, you know, financially, there's way more than just finances on the table though too, you know, if we're working 80 hours a week, you know, it's taxing, you know, on a lot of these bigger jobs or we're pushing deadlines and we are working. We are working 12-hour days, sometimes five days a week. You know, and, it's, and, it, and it taxes guys, and they want to go home and work on dirt bikes or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot, but I know a lot of things that don't work.
0: Yeah, That's, I mean, that that, that that's most of the cycle, though. You need to figure out what yeah. doesn't work, because then you can narrow it down, and okay, maybe that'll work this time.
1: Exactly. I, I can tell you about 50 ways to not grow a business, because I figured them all out the hard way, but... You know, I'm not quite sure the the set in stone way to go one yet, but we'll we'll figure it out sooner than later. What's what's one of the biggest problems right now? Cash flow, 100. percent Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Cash flow is the toughest thing. You know, I can I can find guys. I feel like because there's a, there in in Utah there's there's a rural there's a rural community full of full of young men. You know that want to work just like me, and they don't want to go to college because they've seen where that gets them. And, you know, but they end up stuck at a dead end construction job, just like everybody else, you know, and they're making $15 an hour. And that's why they go find a different job because they're not getting paid and they're not getting appreciated. And, you know, quite frankly, they've already got a bunch of old guys that are about to retire in five years that aren't willing to train anybody or teach anybody. I feel like, I don't know. It's tough to find guys, but. It's it's not as tough as everybody as everybody makes it sound. You know, I can put out an Instagram ad, an ad, but something on my Instagram, and I've got guys begging me to come to work. But it looks fun, and it is fun, and it's not that's not all, it's not all just a happy happy picnic. You know, it's you get your butt kicked a lot of days, but you know, there's guys that want to work out there. You just got to know who you're looking for.
0: How do you? how do you show appreciation for your people?
1: Just, just taking care of them, you know, sitting them down one-on-one and asking them how, how life's going, you know, asking them, asking them how their family is, stuff like that. You know, that's the small town business, you know, that's not found anymore. in a lot of these bigger companies, you know, you go to work, you go home and you don't know who their family is. You know, most of my guys, I've, I've met, most of their parents, you know, just, just cause that's what it's like to try to be a business owner that actually cares about their guys. So I don't know. It's tough to, it's tough to show appreciation sometimes, you know, where you're get all caught up in go, go, go. But you look back and it's like, okay, my guys are the ones that are taking, taking the reins here. But at the end of the day, it's asking how they're doing, asking how they are financially asking, telling them, Hey, if you need a, need a leg up one month and you're behind, let me know, you know? And I would have no, no problem if one of my guys, you know, needs a loan on something, you know, if they want to, I don't know, stuff like that. It's just actually caring for them and asking about how they're doing or how their, how their life is, or, you know, things in the past have happened, checking up, making sure they're still okay mentally, you know, it's life will kick your butt.
2: Yeah. And I, I
0: feel like there's a lot of, um, it's like the tough guy mentality in this, in this industry. And, and so people think like caring for people is kind of being an asshole. And sometimes it really does just come down to, Hey, just
1: how you doing? Like, how is yeah, everything how right you, now? what did you do this weekend? You know, just yeah, simple stuff that, you know, not just go to work and I don't know, not just go to work all day long and go home without really, I don't know, but, being kind of small as we are still in a small town as we are it's good you know there's well, most two of my guys work work here in town but one of them lives about an hour and a half an hour and a half away and the other one's close to 45 minutes away you know the one lives with me and the other commutes every day but for the most part we're pretty pretty close on a personal level you know as we're all close to the same age you know but i don't know It'll be, it's tougher to to connect with older, older guys. You know, I've, I had one older guy working for me and he was good, but it's still tough to try to, you know, get somebody to try to respect you when they're, when they're older than you, you know, they're always have more experience or whatever they think. And it's tough in that aspect for me, but it's been pretty good for the most part. Yeah. It's the,
0: the pride factor that I feel like gets in the way a lot because they're older and more experienced. They just, yeah, they have they have a hard time giving you respect. But I've learned if you give them total respect first, it's a lot easier to connect with them.
1: It is, and and, you know that's the thing is going. I don't know. I've 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 got an ego too, and who doesn't? If you're in the construction industry, yeah. yeah, everybody has an ego, and if if you don't, then you're probably. I don't know what you are in the construction industry if you don't have a little bit of an ego. I'm sure there's some humble guy out there that's a lot humbler than me, but no, I I don't know. I've
0: never met one without an ego in this industry.
1: It it's I don't know, that's but that's kinda of what drives drives the industry, I would guess a little bit too. And I don't know. I try to watch myself on that. And sometimes it's just kind of better to shut your mouth and walk away because I've got myself into trouble with that before, you know. But
0: I don't know. Yeah. Being, being so young is a double-edged sword, at least for me, because you're, you're, you're naive. And so you think anything is possible. And it's like, like you said, I mean, wit, you know, how many people do they have? Why can't I do that? And I, uh, that's how I see it. It's like, why not? I, I don't see the problem. And, and people will be like, well, you know, this and that. I'm like, ah, I mean, we'll figure it out. I, I, I really don't see it as much of an issue, but then you do lack the experience and especially in dealing with people. And at least I've been a little too brash and brazen and a little too outspoken. And, you know, I want to go, even if someone is, is an asshole and I have the right to be an asshole back, I have learned that, Hey, maybe it's, it's not in your best interest to, to stick it to them. Like just, you don't, you don't need to go prove yourself in every, in every situation that goes South, maybe just shut the hell up and get back to work is, is, is what's best here.
1: Yeah, I've learned, I've had to learn that the hard way, you know. But yeah, that's the thing is you think you're very naive and a lot of the times, you know, there's lots of people that are willing to help a young kid get going, you know. And I've learned that in town. But, you know, it was okay, let's have to help him get going. It's like, oh no. He's young, but he's he's coming for our business, which yeah, I am. But um, I don't know. Locally here in town we've got quite a few contractors and for the most part, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty friendly, pretty friendly competition, but you get a lot of the guys coming from over the hill from Salt Lake and you realize like, oh, they don't, they don't really view their competition as friends as much as we do up here in the small town, you know? No,
0: but, but even, even with local, like, just look at, look at the access you have to people on the internet now. And like, you don't have to just constrain yourself to learning locally. I'm sure you learn from so many people across the country that you never bid against. And so there's no real threat them or you and so you can just learn in a much more genuine manner i'm not sure if you've done a lot of that but at least i have it's it's just it's uh easier when you're when you're learning from people that aren't necessarily in your backyard because that that whole competition factor is somewhat erased
1: exactly and for the most part you know here in town you can see a lot of people talk the talk but in town you can see who actually walks the walk you know what the talking with people on the internet you know you get realizing oh these guys may talk the talk for the business that they're trying to grow but you actually go see their business and it's like oh these guys are nowhere near where i want to be and they have zero of the same values you know which i don't know for the most part it's been pretty good experience on the internet with guys and a lot of guys that i've connected really well with and i don't know it all depends on on what way you look at it. There's a lot of local guys here in town that are getting quite a bit older and and they're looking to, you know, hope see somebody else take on the tradition, you know, whether you're related to them or not. Yeah.
0: And the, 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 the nature competition in this world is it's good, but it's, I I think it has a lot. uh, It has a lot to do with where we're at from a people perspective, because everyone's trying to whoop everyone's ass in this world And I feel like everybody thinks we're competing with one another when it comes to people. But in reality, we're all on the same team when it comes to people and we're really competing with other industries and other companies like finance and real estate and tech and all these other companies that don't offer what we offer are taking the workforce, but yet we're blaming the guy sitting across from us at the bid review meeting because of the pre-bid meeting because we think he's the one hiring our people and he's the one causing the pain when maybe, yeah, he did hire sure. some people last week, but big picture, he's not the enemy. We need to come together and figure this out together or else we're, we're, for lack of a better term, we're fucked.
1: Exactly. And I look at it here locally and you know, one of the guys asked, he's like, well, how do you find people? I'm like, well, I just post, post an Instagram ad, you know, and I can usually find a young kid that's wanting to, wanting to Get into the industry and doesn't really have a way. And a lot of it, you look at it, you know, their parents tell them, "Well, don't, don't go to construction." You know, there's there's no money in it, and you know, but they still follow all these construction companies on Instagram because deep down, that's what they want to do, and they think it's really cool, you know. And and you you give them an outlet or a way to actually pursue that right in front of their face, and they're like, oh wow, you know. So they he asked me this local contractor, or he's a trucking company. He's like. You think you could put an ad out and try try to find me a driver? And he's like, I've been looking and looking, but I can't find nobody. I'm like, Yeah, I'll, I'll put an ad out. Well, sure enough, I put an ad out, and like an hour later, I had a guy DM me like, I'm interested. Like, who should I talk to? And I'm like, Okay, here's a here's his name, here's his phone number. Give him a call and tell him that tell him that you came from Bridger's Instagram post. And sure enough, you know, he was looking for a job and turned out to be a pretty good driver. So, imagine that you know it's it's not all like you say it's not all competition and battlegrounds you know there's there's plenty to be said about having good relationships with other companies in town cuz you know they're going to have something you need at some point or another
0: absolutely and well, I mean even even these big companies like Hewitt they're one of the biggest contractors in the United States and the world with the world, yeah. just a ridiculous resume but they still partner with com- other contractors all the time on these major projects i know like they're they get into joint ventures and, and P three projects and design build projects with their direct competitors all the time.
1: Oh, every every major contractor in the country. If you haven't been in a joint venture with your competition, then you're probably not a very big contractor. Yeah, you know, that I means you're not taking on a big enough projects. Honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: When you're I doing JVs,
1: know. that's that's the big leagues. Exactly, and. And at that point, it doesn't really matter who your competition is because you need your competition to help you out and help finish the job. I mean, I looked at, you look at Ames, you know, they partner with Ralph Wadsworth and Wads Bros, you know, and, and Floor. And they built I-15 here in, in Utah. Yep. And that project would have not been possible if even the Ames guys doubled their size of their company. You know, it still wouldn't have been possible. It takes skill sets and, different, different mindsets do all sorts of projects, you know, when you look at it and it's like, wow, but.
0: Well, and even just a cash flow perspective, you bring in a, a contractor like Floor as, you know, kind of the financial partner behind a project to make it function. And even, even if you have the manpower, the equipment, the experience, sometimes you just can't even take on a, a big, big contract like that financially without like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't assume the risk of this entire billion dollar job ourselves why don't we get another p- contract that we can share the risk with and it everyone wins at the end of the day but yet everyone even with all that and even with so many relationships and how everybody you know values one another it, 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 i still feel like contractors really don't understand it's hey it's not it's not the guy across the table that's screwing you like as as soon as you get away from that mindset i think you're going to be a lot more successful a lot happier and you don't have to look over your shoulder every day of the week.
1: Exactly, and you know it's that's kind of been one thing that I realized in going forward with business is there's an older guy here in town, and my father's actually a foreman for him. You know, and and he owns he owns a a pretty decent sized construction company. You know, they've got they're a union company, and they've got probably forty I don't know thirty guys right now. I'm not quite sure on that, but you look at it and and we do all of his smaller work, you know, smaller work as in hundred thousand dollars, 50 to hundred thousand dollar work, you know, just work that's, that's not big enough for him to put a crew of guys on. Cause there's too much detail to it and it's worked for me. That's great work, you know, and joining up and teaming up with other contractors, you know, was the best thing I've ever done. There's quite a few contractors here in town, but heck. I, I would work for them any day of the week and it's the best thing I've ever done because it's a way to grow your company and, you know, being a subcontractor, you'll, you'll introduce yourself to more, more types of work and more, more methods than you ever could have done in 10 years of doing it by yourself. Yeah. But, you know, it's essentially being a sub for a guy, you're, they're giving up a lot of their secrets and trusting, we, trusting you with a lot of, you know, stuff that, but not a lot of people get to see day to day. And like you say, secrets in this industry are, are pretty much they're BS. Really? Anybody can pull off the side of the road and see what you're doing.
2: The I was just about to say, yeah,
1: but back end, you don't see a lot of the stuff in the back end as in how, how their money works and stuff. You can't see that from the road or, or how they actually manage a project. You can't see that. And that's really what it boils down to. Cause everybody loads a truck the same way, you know? Yeah, not everybody, but they have the. Everybody has the cat production handbook. They can all read it, you know. But not everybody sees how the back end works and and how they run a job or manage a job from start to finish and and plan stuff and you know get materials on the ground stuff like that 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 really pushes a business farther than how how you run a dozer or whatever.
2: Yeah,
0: but even even on the back end, I mean, I see a lot of how companies operate financially and from a project management perspective. Like, um, let's let's take estimating for example. Almost everybody uses the exact same estimating software.
1: Everybody uses HCSS. <laughs> yeah. Everybody.
0: I mean, there's like two options, three options, maybe. Then they all do the exact same thing. So, I mean, it, it's not like you're doing it differently than the other guy. And and then you're using the same methods and the same equipment as the other guy. So <laughs> I, there's no secrets. There's no. And then uh, you know even it when all you're hiring boils people, down to
1: you have, who you have it all. It all boils down to who you have running running the actual job and the equipment. You know, boils down to your people. So,
0: everybody, everybody says it.
1: Yep, it's what everybody says. But I guess it all comes out in, in the wash. So.
0: But what do you know? You're just 20.
1: I don't know nothing.
0: Um, I I actually know zero. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm a little further ahead, but not by much, and I still don't know shit.
1: I'll, I'll be I'll be your age, and I still don't know nothing. I I will never claim to know nothing because I I probably won't. The older you get, the more you realize it's like, oh, yeah, I really didn't know anything. Well, know? Th- at 18, it's like heck. I at 18, I thought I was invincible, and now it's like, oh, I, I can't take on that job because I did take on some stupid jobs. Not stupid, but that I shouldn't have taken and we finished them but if you look back it' like wow I was I was really naive and I had a mindset that I could do anything and and you can't do anything when you're just starting out you know
0: no well and but, and, and, and the more the more you do the more experience you gain the more you understand you don't know and that's when the humility of life starts to set in and and so that it's 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 funny the better you get at something. And the more you do something, the more you learn, you have to know. And then you're like, okay, all right, there, this is a lot more complicated than I thought it was. So then your your bullish, um, your bullish attitude with your youth goes right out the window and you get, you get humbled pretty quick.
1: Oh, for sure. And you look back and it's like, wow, like I took on a, I took on a hundred thousand dollar job, you know, thinking that was going to be the best thing that this company ever did. And it's like, no, that, that was the the riskiest thing you've ever done, which risk is good, but you weren't in no way set up for it at all. You know, all that did was made you lose five months worth of, of work. You could have been making actual good money on, you know, instead of losing your butt on a job that you had no business doing. Yeah, And
2: that's,
1: that's, what, that's been the hardest lesson for me to learn. You know, is I see all these other guys doing it and being the young mean that I am, it's like, Oh, I can do that. Anybody can do it. And you look at it I'm like, oh, there's way more to it, you
0: know? Yes. And it's, it's, it's a balance. It's like you still want to maintain the attitude of, well, if they can do it, I can do it. But then you also want to sprinkle some rationality on top of that too. And most of it's just time. It's like, yeah, I can do that. But it's going to take a little bit to get there. And that's okay. I need to go through the process. I need to build this thing right. And it's exciting to have the potential to do something like that, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's focus on what's right in front of us and just take one step after another. And then in a few years, I'll be there and looking to go even bigger. It, exactly. Yeah. At least that's where I'm at. I've had to learn to be a little bit more patient than I want to be.
1: Me too. And that, that was, that's still the hardest thing for me to learn, you know, is okay. You know, anybody can, yeah, I could I could bid on some some serious work. I have plenty of avenues and relationships to bid on whatever they would like. But I can rent anything, you know, you can rent whatever you want. You know, you can rent a D11 if you want, but the actual, okay, can we do it still a quality job, get it done, have the cash flow to do it without hurting the customer and ourselves in the end game, you know, and that's one thing that I had to learn, you know, is okay, build from a solid foundation instead of having, you know, 10 guys that you haven't worked with for more than, Six months, and and they, you know, and they don't have the same, the same idea of project management as you or whatever, you know. And that's been the toughest thing for me is just okay, sit back just for one second and let this kind of play itself out. But
0: yes, well, and I read a I read a book on warfare strategies and tactics, and that was one of the things that really registered with me is sometimes, like the deliberate act of doing nothing. Is very valuable. And you, you think that, like in war, you just want constant action, and business is very, very similar to war. It's all the same principles. Life is very, very similar. It's all the same principles. But if there's, if, if you know, sometimes you need to make the de- deliberate decision just to just not act or just wait, and that can be more valuable than trying to get into the thick of things and trying to solve things through action.
1: Yeah, and and that's I agree there. It's I don't know. It's not always making making moves that are gonna make you look good out on the forefront. You know, it's you gotta the back end side of things and refining your processes and the way you do things. Because right now, quite frankly, we got processes in place, but but a year ago, it was pretty much a free for all. Just go get the work done. You know, zero. I don't know. Just trying to slowly implement things that. The, you know, try to step you up into the big leagues a little farther than just I don't know, the high school construction crew as the town folk used to call us, you know. And I don't know. I don't know anything and that's that's the toughest thing is trying to trying to figure out the way to do things. Especially I've never worked for another company, you know. Heck, I don't I know how to do it, but I've never worked for a company that's you know, actually doing it.
0: Yeah, but, but I think experience is overrated in a lot of cases. And that was another thing this this book pointed out is experience can be an, a, a liability. Because like for you, if you just stick to doing what you think is right and doing it the way you think the right way to do it is, you're probably going to be better off. Because I see so many people in and, and this world, everyone just gets so stuck in their ways and so complacent because, no, this is the way we've always done it. And so now they're not thinking of a new way to do it you come along with, well, wh- wh- why can't I just do it this way? And then it ends up working out very well. And now you can do things a lot more efficiently. You can run circles around the guy that's been doing it the same way for 40 years.
1: Yeah. And, and like, like, like you say, you know, everybody does it the same, but there's things that you can change. And especially with your people, like if I would have went to work for work for a company, you know, that that's in construction. I would have never known the price per foot of the, of the sewer we're laying or the the water we're laying. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't talk about that on my job site. Usually it's, it's, it's a no, no, you know, and now my guys, they know what it costs and maybe it'll come back and bite me in the butt. And it hasn't yet. So I guess we'll we'll wait and then I'm probably, I'll probably figure out that that was the wrong way to do it. And I'll try something different, you know, but stuff like that. But I probably would have done a lot differently if if I had went and worked for somebody, but I just think that's the right way. And that's the way I'd want to want to be done if I was an employee. So heck we'll do it that way, I guess. Yeah. But, but
0: even, even if you get, even if it bites in the butt, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong thing to do either. Like sometimes you just get screwed (laughs) and, and that's not, you know, sometimes you get screwed and that's a, that's a mistake I see people make is they get screwed and then they do something to avoid getting screwed like that again but that that that's the wrong thing to do. They were doing the right thing we're, before. We're
1: actually, getting a Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know the right way to run a company. But heck, this is working, so we'll keep on doing it.
0: That's all you can so, do. Well, I wanted to wrap up. How is? Was is it your like nephew or who? Who is it?
1: Isn't oh, it... um, case. Case. You're probably talking about case. Yeah. So yeah, he's doing good um yeah he, he had a bit of an accident and i don't know I, I put a little thing out on my story he's he's a tractor tractor head tractor nerd if there's ever been one like if he had an instagram account he'd be the guy that's you know all he does is repost pictures of, of other people's stuff and and that's just probably just like me you know yeah. if, if anything the first thing he said was probably tractor you know And, and he had a bit of an accident. So I put a little thing out of my story and asked people to send him videos. And, and quite frankly, it was a miracle. And, uh, and he's doing well. And I don't know if his family wants me to share a whole lot about it. Um, they're, they're my aunt, my aunt and uncle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, he's doing really well for anybody that's wondering. And they are very thankful for all, all the videos and pictures and, Quite honestly, I, I was very surprised about that with people that, that actually sent stuff in. I was very amazed. I figured a couple guys would send something in, you know, but I had so many DMs. I'm like, holy crap, I, I can't post all these. I don't have enough time. But yeah, um, turned out pretty good. Um, he's walking, he's talking, and he got a fire truck in his hand. So, hey, we're set. Love uh, it. Yeah, a, a John Deere skid steer is having the other day, so he might have suffered a little bit of little bit of a brain damage but other than that i mean doing pretty good yeah
0: yeah we're going to oof but, yeah <laughs> i'll just leave that one there yeah <laughs> no this um, it, it, it 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 yeah this everybody looks like this this big tough guy but i've never met so many caring people in one single place that i have in construction earth moving heavy equipment related fields everyone is so caring and thoughtful most everybody is so caring and thoughtful and, and exactly. I, it's one of my favorite things about this world
1: and i don't know it's it's pretty crazy to see the amount of people that you know but actually care about you they're not doing it to put themselves on the front line and there is guys that do it to put themselves out on the big stage you know and make them look cool but For the most part, you know, they're guys that are, they will literally call you, you know, and they're not telling nobody they called you to make sure you're doing all right. Yeah, I don't know. I had, I had a buddy pass away last year and the amount of people that called me that I didn't know or messaged me that I didn't know from Adam, you know, that are just blue collar guys, just like, just like everybody else in the industry that just want to see somebody succeed and make sure they're doing all right. Cause I don't know. You, you get your butt kicked in this industry and a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people get their butt kicked at life. And so there's a lot of good people out there. Tons of good people. You're not going to find people that care like like the construction industry. You know, you can go to the tech, tech industry. I've never been in the tech industry, but I guarantee you ain't going to find nobody that cares about you like a blue-collar guy, you know?
0: No, and I don't know what it is, but yeah, it is. it is just these blue-collar people. They really are... It's just, yeah, it's a different level of caring. And we need, we need more of that. People just calling people and saying, Hey, how you doing? Even if nothing's apparently wrong, just how how is everything? I think, I think there's not enough of that in life in general, but especially in this world, like, you know how it is. It's, it's whether you're owning a business or running a, a skid steer every day, it's a hard world. And, and then just just in general like even if business is good and and works good life is just it man it can really sneak up on you sometimes so no matter where you're at or where you're at financially or or career-wise or family-wise there's always something and so just asking people how how is everything can go a really long way
1: exactly and i'm not sure the real statistics on it because i i've looked at it before but i can't remember but I think construction, it's got, it's got a high suicide rate, right, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And you know, it's, it's got, it's, I don't know, it's crazy that, you know, there's guys out there that care so much, but you know, a lot of guys care, but don't show it a lot, you know, but deep down inside, it's like, okay, we care, but son of a gun, we cared way too late, you know, and, and that's, that's the one thing that could change a little bit. And there's guys that, that care and may show it, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's a good industry, all in all there's tons of good people out there, and for the most part, everybody wants to see everybody succeed in in my opinion, you yeah. know there' yeah. not very many guys are out there trying to undermine undermine other people no you know for the most part, you go to work with a bunch of guys and you know they've got your back for the most part
0: and I mean, if you want to hear a really scary statistic, far more people in construction die by suicide than they do safety related incidents
1: exactly and and it's it's scary you know you think about how many guys are dealing with stuff that nobody knows about but that's a, once again you know the tough guy thing you know everybody in construction is a tough guy because once again egos you know yeah everybody wants to be a tough guy but you know at the end of the day it's everybody has a everybody has a brain you know and it all it all thinks somewhat the same you know on on how it functions with and deals with problems and stuff. And most guys, you know, bottle it up and it's it's a real issue.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I talk about it a lot, but it's, I don't think it's something you can talk about enough, especially in this world. Cause it's just, man, there's, there's, there's a lot of people that need just a single phone call that don't necessarily get it. And it's a, it's a huge shame.
1: It is. And I don't know. I need, I need to be better, be better about it. I need to be better about a lot of things, you know, but that's one thing. It's like, you look at the numbers and it, it it's scary, honestly, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I mean,
0: everybody listening and at least I, you know, and, and, and you, everybody, no one is, no one is safe from feeling like shit sometimes.
1: <laughs> I mean, Oh, a hundred percent. No one. Yeah. This, this, this business or blue collar work in itself will probably kick your butt more than any other, in the other trade, you know, it's highly rewarding, but you know, the risk and the the risk with that reward and, and the mental tax, the mental, the taxing mentally, you know, it's, it's insane. It's, there's tons of, tons of physical and mental stress that comes from this business. And, you know, a lot of it's mental stress. You think about it, about how the job's going, you know, and, okay, well, the job is going like crap. Well, I feel like crap because I messed this up, you know, stuff like that. Just the fact that, you know, everybody's a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. But what do I know? I'm not a psychologist by no means. I'm not anything proclaimed to be, but you know, I don't know. It's tough, tough business to be in. I agree. And And I wouldn't turn nobody away from the business for that reason, you know, for the most part, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good business to be in and you know, if you want to go work in the tech industry, go do it. But there, there's no industry that's going to care that your co-workers are going to care about you or, you know, that you'll reap the rewards of actually seeing something being built like the construction industry.
0: It's well said. And, and you know, the fact that it's tough is a good thing because that's what makes it so rewarding. And that's why people are so proud of, of what they do is, is it's, it's not easy. And, and anything that's not easy is... Is worth doing and and generates significant pride and you know society's moving away from you know you don't want to work hard you want to just do like just just work like make it easy for yourself and the bummer is the it's it's the value is really in the hard stuff the hard work
1: oh yeah you look at it in America it wasn't built on easy you know no and and constructions what built America I mean you look you look like the Erie Canal and uh, I mean all this old infrastructure, you know, stuff that, stuff that was built with guys, you know, and back in the day, they bid how many people were going to die into the job. Yeah. Like that was a that was a literal number. Okay, we figure that seven hundred people are going to die on this job. Yep. And that's insane to think about, but that's the way it was. You know, it's a, it is a tough business. You know, and it'll kick your butt. If anybody tells you it's going to be easy, is lying to you a hundred percent.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, Bridger. Yeah, it's crazy. I know you have uh,
1: work to do today, and you have to go to a wedding. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Wedding dinner, fun. Oh boy! Yeah, you'd
0: you'd so, much rather be working, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of fan of dinners and stuff, but yeah. hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I had to. Uh, I I have this
0: this fancy dinner coming up that I'm I'm pretty excited about, but. Um, it's in, it's in three weeks in St. Louis, two or three weeks. And problem is there's a dress code to the dinner and it's a, it's like a formal, formal dinner and I need to wear a suit and I don't own a suit. So I had to go to the suit store yesterday and get fitted for a suit for the first time in many, many, many years because. Do they
1: make suits that small or was it a children's? uh, Ah,
0: yeah. Youth medium. It was a youth meet. I had to go to the yeah youth okay. medium. No, fortunately, fortunately, they have uh, they they can they can modify suits and cut like a solid twelve inches off the bottom of pants to fit me because everybody okay. knows I need it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I've never got a suit fitted, but I'm afraid that's that's probably something you'll have to do at some point in your life.
0: Yeah, you know? well, well, I, I you know I go to weddings and I just look like an asshole because I'm I'm wearing jeans. And whatever you, I, I don't like dressing up. I don't know what it is about it, but it just makes me super uncomfortable. Like it makes other people feel good, it makes me super uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, so it was a it, hell of a life experience yesterday.
1: If if and when I ever do get married, you can come to my wedding in boots and jeans. I'm just fine with that. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah button down. Yep, that will be the best code. So yeah, there's no no. Yeah, we're rednecks back here, so.
2: Uh, that's, that's jeans is,
1: is the dress code everywhere. I, yeah,
0: I, and I, honestly, I I'm so disillusioned, and I live in this world. So like, I I just I just live in this world, and I think you know jeans are like a nice thing, but then you go to other places, and everyone's all dressed up in shirt and tie every day going to work, and I sit there, I'm like, you really you like you have to work in that every single day, like you you just you can't just show up in jeans, like it doesn't even register with me. Because it's so normal in the world we, we operate in. And I, I could not imagine life any other way.
1: Yeah, I couldn't imagine dressing up suit and tie to go to work every day. Not going to happen. No. You know, no, no matter if, if, if my company's got a, a, it's got a, you know, corporate office or when it does, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dress up in a nice pair of iron jeans and an iron button down, but probably suit and tie is not going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, that's the, uh, that's the owner special. Nice pair of jeans, nice button down. There you go. You're 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 a big yeah. time big time business owner when you're wearing that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, don't have too much fun tonight.
1: Hey, you either. And good to talk to you. Keep in touch.
0: I really appreciate it. And 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 honestly, dude, if I can help you in any way, you just give me a shout. I'm happy to help however I can.
1: Hey, same goes to you. I don't have a lot, but hey, we'll we'll be in touch and we'll have big things coming coming down the pipe. Yeah. We'll, uh we'll definitely be in touch and we'll need your help at, at some point. Um I don't know. It's it'll be it'll be a cool, cool journey. I got
0: I got my two fifty nine coming next month, so I'm gonna be underbidding the shit out
1: of you. You know why I, I know why you guys are all do why you're doing all these podcasts. We have got you figured out, Because i
0: 'Cause I'm gonna go start a grading company and
1: I'm gonna go hire all these people exactly you can go hire all these people and you've got all you've got all the all the information you need off of all these podcasts you know you're it's just pretty much undermining us from the back end as my
0: as my dad says i'm not dumb, as dumb as i look <laughs> there you go <laughs> which is pretty dumb looking <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: all right i'm pretty dumb looking too aaron
2: yeah hey, hey.
0: Uh, you're doing all right all right well i will uh I'll catch up, you, catch up with you later. Hopefully, I'll see you soon one of these days.
1: Sounds good. You go into, you'll be in the benching team that's in your hometown.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the office will be done. We'll be having a whole party at the office. So sweet, sweet. Yeah, we'll be having everybody by, and I want to make, I want to make it the best damn party at the at the event. So you can you can sweet. count on that.
1: When what date did the Dimensions? Isn't it in November?
0: Uh, I think sometime in November. I don't know, but the office will be done in July. So it'll be it'll be pretty well cleaned up by the time everybody rolls into town.
1: There you go. It'll
0: be sweet. Yeah. I'm super stoked about it. Cool,
1: man. That'll be awesome. Well, good to talk to you. Keep in touch. Let me know if you need anything out here. Sounds good. Likewise. Sounds good. Thank you,
0: Okay. That's another episode. Dirt Talk wrapped up. We appreciate you listening. We really sincerely do keep sharing the podcast. If you have questions for the Monday episodes that nobody listens to, send them in to buildwit.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have suggestions on who you'd want to hear from uh, here on Dirt Talk, we'd, we'd love to hear that. If you have feedback for us on how to make it better, we'd love to hear that. We're trying to get better at it. The studio is right around the corner. We'll be in there in, in two months and really fired up about that. But until then, it'll be me at my uh, dining room table. Very, very formal, uh, very well run operation. So, again, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Stay dirty.